Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. Tonight, I want to speak to you about a subject called satisfaction. Mick Jagger had a song, and it, it reads like this. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction because I try, I try, I try. I can't get no satisfaction. When I'm driving in my car, a man comes on the radio. He's telling me more and more about useless information supposed to fire my imagination. I can't, oh, no, no, hey, no, 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 I can't get no satisfaction. Poor Mick Jagger. Three John speaks like this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's interesting to know that that word prosper means to flourish. It talks about that the righteous will flourish. And then it says like the palm tree. So if we're flourishing, we are strong, we are flourishing. And I believe that God's plan and purpose for our life is that we prosper, not just financially, but relationally, physically, emotionally, in our well-being, in our contentment. And it says, just as your soul prospers. Again, I believe that flourishing is an inside job. It's in our hearts, it's in our minds, it's in our emotions. We can't be all negative on the inside and hope to be positive on the outside. And tonight, we're just going to unfold this subject of satisfaction. Let me ask you a question. What do you want? Wow. That's a big question. If I was to ask children, hey, what do you want? Or teenagers or young adults or young marrieds, old marrieds, you know, what do you want? Because I believe this, it makes sense to want something. We want things that will make us happy and we want things that will satisfy us. You see, we search for the things that will make us happy. It's true. We don't search for things that are going to make us sad, going to give us a bad life. We're always on the search for what we think will make us happy and satisfied. It's interesting. You talk to a school kid and they say, hey, I'll be satisfied when I leave school or I'll be satisfied when I get a better grade. People talk about I'll be happy, I'll be satisfied when I get a a degree or when I get a job. So when these things don't bring the satisfaction that we thought they would bring, you, you begin to think about two possibilities. Maybe I need another wife or a better wife or maybe I need a, a better job. Or maybe I need a more elaborate, if that's the way of putting it, holiday. Or maybe if I can get a bigger house, then I'll be satisfied. Or maybe my friends are not good enough and I'll, I'll get better friends. 
see, after you go through those things, you, you'll decide one or two things to do or one or two possibilities. Maybe you think, if I had a better wife or if I had a better job or if I went on a better holiday or if I had a bigger house or if I had better friends. So sometimes we dump one or two of these or all of them because we think satisfaction is out there. But if we're driven to pursue the better and we think there's something always greater out there, you will make your life more anxious and you'll be full of more discontent. So number one is you think there's something better out there. Number two possibility, you think, well, there is no happiness. There is no satisfaction. Let's stop crying and believing that there's a better life out there, that I can achieve more. And what you can do is that you can harden your heart, block out any chance of happiness and become cynical and critical and just think life is not going to produce what I, I think it's going to produce. So if you just roll over, maybe that will make it easier. But the trouble is it dehumanizes you. It kills the part of your heart that wants to love, that wants happiness and wants satisfaction. And I look at those things and I see people that make those choices. Hey, they just think there's something better out there and they get rid of something that's totally awesome in the search of something it's elusive and it doesn't happen. I've seen people have just closed their life off and you can see they've become dehumanized and they've stopped their pursuit of trying to find love and happiness. But I believe that desire is something that God puts within our heart. I know you can have wrong desires, but I believe that good desires, I believe, are put within your heart by God. You see, the, the concept is desires don't exist unless there is something to satisfy those desires. Let me just put that past you again. Desires don't exist unless there is something to satisfy those desires. We know it's there somewhere. I can somehow get my desires fulfilled. So here's, here's, the, here's the issue. If nothing in this world satisfies us ultimately, it must mean we are made for another world. Isn't that interesting? You see, we're only pilgrims. We're only passing through. Everything we have here on this earth that may satisfy for a, a season, but then it's, it's not there because we cannot find ultimate satisfaction here on this world because we are made for another world. This is not the end. We are on a journey to the eternal heavens. You see, on this earth, we can be content. So as you look at the definition of being content, it means to accept as adequate despite wanting more. You see, I'm not wanting to be a killjoy. I really do enjoy life. I do enjoy pastoring. You know, I do enjoy my house. I do enjoy my, my, my car. I do enjoy my friends. It's, you know, it's good to be content. 
And really, you know, I am satisfied at a level. But ultimately, the satisfaction that we're deeply seeking is only found in Jesus Christ. You know, Solomon puts it like this in all of his pursuits. If you read Ecclesiastes and just just spare me the moment of just reading you these few verses because Solomon was trying to find the ultimate satisfaction here on this earth by his pursuits. And it says in Ecclesiastes 1, 13 and 14, he says, I set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under the heaven. And then he says, this burdensome task God has given to the sons of men by which they may be exercised and grow and expand. But he says this, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. Indeed, all is vanity grasping at the wind. And that's what we were speaking about before. You know, we can have our job, we can have the best of this and you, you, you have it and you grasp it, but it's like getting hold of the wind. It's, it doesn't bring that ultimate satisfaction. In Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 11, then he says, I looked on all the works that my hands have done and on the labor in which I toiled. And he was a smart cookie, this guy. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. He was achieving, but it wasn't bringing that ultimate satisfaction into his life. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 9. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. What he's saying, hey, it's better to kind of look after what's in front of you and what you can see than having wandering desires and fantasies. But he says, hey, this also is vanity, grasping the wind. It doesn't bring the ultimate satisfaction. Hey, let me say it again. I'm not talking about being a killjoy. I'm talking about getting the balance of what is satisfying and finding that contentment here on this earth. Ecclesiastes 1.17, I set my heart to know wisdom, listen, and to know madness and folly. I perceive this was also grasping in the wind. What are you saying, Han? I've searched out psychology. I've searched out psychiatry. I've gone to the ends of wealth. I've experimented here, I've built this, I've built that, even though it was kind of cool, but it's not the ultimate thing. So what do we do? Do we keep pushing for the ultimate happiness? Or do you kill your desire for happiness and become a cynic, kind of like a snobbish kind of a person? Or is there another way? You know, some people say, well, this world's just an illusion. Hey, this world's not an illusion. It's real. We have real pain. We have real challenges. We have real joys. We have real depressions. We have real failures. We have real successes. You know, I have real pain. This world is not an illusion. But this world is not our home. But in Matthew chapter 4, when the devil takes Jesus out in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted, the devil comes to Jesus and he says this. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones 
become bread. Hey, stones have no nourishment. They're not life-giving. They're just things that God has created. Out of a stone, you can build a house. Out of a stone, you can make a chair. And probably out of a stone, you can make a fence. But Satan tries to tempt us to turn what God has created for our comfort and for our use to become our nourishment. But only Jesus is our nourisher or the giver of life. Whatever you have, it's just stone. And Satan wants you to think, let's turn that thing into the ultimate it. Let's turn that stone, which may be a house or a relationship or a career. Let's get that stone and let's try to turn it into something that's going to ultimately bring nourishment within your life. It will bring contentment. But I want to tell you, everything that's been created will not bring nourishment. It's only Jesus Christ that will bring the ultimate satisfaction into your life. Jesus in the Gospel of John says he is the bread of life. He is the nourisher. And it's interesting, we can have a variety of things on our bread. Just, just pause it there. It's, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. You know, the first is the kingdom of God. The first is that Jesus is the bread of life. And people may have their house, their cars, their jobs, their friends, their holidays, and all those kind of things. But we've got to ultimately understand that Jesus is the foundation. He is the base. He is the bread of life that brings satisfaction and fulfillment to our life. Nothing will satisfy, nothing will nourish apart from Jesus Christ. And nothing will satisfy us ultimately until we see him face to face. I just want to finish off on this scripture and it's one of the Beatitudes, and it's found in Matthew 5 and verse 6, and it reads like this, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, if we're trying to get our hunger and our thirst to be satisfied by things that have been created by God, it will not bring contentment and it will not bring satisfaction. It says here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will be filled. You see, my prayer for you, and I know it's God's prayer for you, is that you find fulfillment and contentment here on this earth. And I just want to encourage us tonight that if you do not know Jesus Christ, let me illustrate, there is a God shape within your life that only he can fill. It can't be filled with relationships. Relationships are great. It can't be filled with possessions or your cars or your houses or your holidays. All those things are good. But there's a God shape within you that will bring satisfaction into your life. And once that's there, hey, houses are cool relationships are cool because you're not trying to demand out of those things the ultimate satisfaction that God can bring. 
And if you're watching there right now and you just know that your life's not right with God and you've tried to fill your life up with things that will bring ultimate satisfaction. And sometimes people go to the extremes of addictions, of drugs, of alcohol, of abusing their bodies, trying to find some way that they can find this ultimate satisfaction. I believe it's found in Jesus Christ. He is the one that is the fountain of life. He is the bread of life. He is the one that can bring satisfaction to your heart's yearning. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.